Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. So we're about to go into the second round of the playoffs. The Warriors are playing in Memphis. And that is going to be a very, very intense, stressful series. I want to talk about that, but first I want to do something a little different. I want to play a segment where Aram in Toronto and I talked about the Warriors versus Grizzlies potential series when we were making our playoff predictions in our playoff preview, which we put out before the playoffs started. So listen to that. It's about four minutes or so. And if you've already heard it, you want to skip ahead, you can click on the time code link to jump ahead. Or if it's not clickable on your podcast player, you can look at the time code and then jump ahead. All right. Uh, We both picked Warriors in six and Memphis in six. So here we go. Warriors, Memphis. Are you uh, going with your heart or your head or both? Uh, both. I'll go Warriors in six. I think they, they win at home, um, in game six. So, uh, I'm going with that. Like, obviously Warriors fan, obviously, um, I see certain things in this team. If they get there, all the caveats about health and whatnot, like I, I just like our chances. And it's not one of those things where I'm like, Oh, we got to lock down as long as like the main guys are healthy. But I do think I'll um, I'll speak this into existence, right? It's like I'll lean on the Warriors' experience and their uh, ability, hopefully, just to to get hot. And if those if Pool, Staff, and Clay are consistently scoring and dangerous, Memphis has never seen that team. What I always said about the playing game last season was that. Steph was tired as hell for mm-hmm. that game, and it was still close. It was just a couple of bad possessions towards the end of that game where John Morant got into the lane past Steph, yep. and Steph had five fouls, so we actually yeah. played him really, really badly at the end of the game on defense. So different teams overall, like the Grizzlies are better, but so are the Warriors, right? Yeah, And yeah. a lot of ways – if the Warriors get to the second round, then the team that we haven't seen all season is, you know, showing the promise of the team that we haven't seen all season. And so I will use that logic to to push the Warriors in six. Okay. I'm 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 going with my with my heart and most of my brain. Uh and I'm gonna pick Warriors in seven. I think it's gonna be like an absolute like dog fight. I think it's gonna be super tough. Um you know, and people talk about, or, or but people talk about, oh, the Warriors don't have anybody to stop Jaw, and nobody does. But also, the Warriors played uh, LeBron James and Kyrie in the finals, mm-hmm. uh, so they know something about what to do, and and they had to go through, you know, peak James Harden all those years, mm-hmm. so they know what to do with, uh, you know, top level like dynamic all NBA player. Right. Mm-hmm. And and part of it is just like, you know, just make it harder for him, you know, and just try to wear him down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, he's going to get his and you just limit everybody else. And so does, does their support uh, players have enough? 
are they good enough? Are they, are they, are they ready for this? Right. Um, so I, that, I think that's what I'm gonna, that's what I'm gonna count on is that, uh, the Warriors have a little bit more edge in in that realm, so yeah, uh, we'll see. But it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough one. Oh, it's gonna be a stressful yeah, series. It's funny because <laughs> like I was going to say Warriors in seven because, like you said, it's gonna be a dogfight. And by saying six, it's it's interesting because I'm I'm not saying it's gonna be easier. And they're like, oh, they'll take it in six. But for me, it's like if it gets to a game seven. I think Memphis might take that, right? Because it's in Memphis. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. That's why I'm like saying, like, if the Warriors are going to win, it, you know, it'll be most likely if they can finish it off at home in Game Six. That's, well, that's kind of the logic. Well, you know, you quoted a uh, a Warriors kind of um, Warriors stat about the the core guys, and that uh, they've never lost when they played together. The other stat mm-hmm. is that as long as they've been together and healthy, they've always won. A road game so uh, mm-hmm. i'm confident in their ability to win in memphis yes. uh, we've seen it before and uh, uh i think we'll see it again so i'm going to stick with my prediction of warriors in six and use the same rationale that i used before i think it's still going to be a very intense series that could definitely go seven games but my thing is like if the Warriors have to play in Memphis for a seventh game, I think Memphis could actually take that. So my prediction is going to be Warriors in six. I feel like that streak of always taking a road game is going to continue. And hopefully they can wrestle home court advantage after the first or second game and take a couple in San Francisco and then uh, you know close out in game six. That's what I'm hoping for. It's going to be a very, very, very tough series. But first, I just want to talk about how during the Memphis-Minnesota Timberwolves series, I was actually wondering which would be a more, I guess, fitting, poetically fitting matchup for the Warriors. Because to me, it was like you have the Timberwolves who have so much history tied to the Warriors recently, right? The D'Lo trade. D'Lo playing against the Warriors. Andrew Wiggins playing against the Timberwolves. Jonathan Kaminga, who I've always said since the day he got drafted that he'll be the best player in that trade. Seeing him play against Minnesota and even seeing him play against Anthony Edwards, a guy who has just as much athleticism as he does. And then you had the Memphis Grizzlies, who are a bunch of dudes who beat the Warriors last year in the play-in, and they've had back-and-forth stuff (laughs) for the past year or so. And that's the series we have. It's the series that you could say felt bound to happen, right, for each team to get through to the Western Conference Finals and potentially the Finals. They would have to run the gauntlet, and this would be the matchup that they would have to encounter, vanquish, whatever. But of course, the Timberwolves couldn't hold up their end of the bargain. You could tell from the outset after a couple of those blown leads that they just don't have that it factor to really put away games. You could see Carl Anthony Towns has a lot of issues in terms of just performing in the playoffs, complaining to the refs, all that stuff. And you saw 100% that D'Angelo Russell is not a winning player, especially in that game six where Jordan McLaughlin played point guard better than D'Angelo Russell. And then when D'Angelo Russell came in, he was turning the ball over, taking bad shots, 
et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, just to say one more thing about the D'Lo, Andrew Wiggins, Kaminga trade, it's like, hey, at least <laughs> the Warriors with Andrew Wiggins, they don't necessarily have to rely on him as one of their top players. So he could just do the little things that he does well, as I've talked about, be quote unquote average Andrew Wiggins. But Minnesota, they need D'Angelo Russell. He needs to be very, very good for them to win. And you can't rely on that in terms of him in the playoffs, playing winning basketball and just knowing how to close games and put stuff away. Anyway, that's the end of that. But like I said, this Grizzlies series, I'm sticking to Warriors in six. I got to admit that the things that worry me the most about the Grizzlies are their speed, their youth, and their fearlessness, you know, their confidence against the Warriors. I mean, the thing about youth, right, is like they think they can do anything. And that Timberwolves series where they came back from 25 twice in one game (laughs) to win, and then coming back even in game six when they were down by 13, it's like they feel like winning is inevitable. As Aram said, they have this sense of being bulletproof. So that's something to worry about. You know, we've seen the Warriors in their past have that feeling. And you know what it's like when it's your team. And you also know what it's like on the other side, right? When the Warriors were really bad, at least for me growing up, it's like there was an inevitability that they would lose (laughs) if they had a lead. But the thing about this Grizzlies team is like, if you're their coach, you want to feed into that confidence and that fearlessness because look at some of the other teams that have played the Warriors or that will play the Warriors potentially if they win. It's like the Denver Nuggets, right? Michael Malone has seen these Warriors. Austin Rivers, (laughs) that guy has seen these Warriors players in the playoffs for years. And with him and some of those guys, like even though they fought hard, there was this sense of like inevitability. And even in the stuff that Michael Malone would say in post-game interviews, you know, showing deference to this great warrior squad, you know, and the playoff experience, like that is there. It felt like in the back of Coach Malone's mind, in the Nuggets' minds, that there was like this thing that if the Warriors started clicking, then, oh, it was going to be over. I don't think you get that sense with the Grizzlies because they're so young, because they haven't seen this, because they play so well together, and because they have somebody like John Morant, and because they've beaten the Warriors a handful of times during the season and back in the playing round at the end of last season. So to me, that's like the biggest concern. I think Obviously, you want to steal game one because in any series, that is the easiest game to steal if you're on the road. The Grizzlies are coming off of a tough six-game series, so maybe you can catch them slipping. They're used to playing the Wolves, you know, kind of bumbling and stuff. And so maybe the Warriors can go in there, execute, play a tight game, and take it, right? That's what you want. But maybe even more so than with other series is you want to take that game to make the Grizzlies feel like, oh, we're not invincible. Yes, the Wolves took game one in the first round against Memphis, but that's the Timberwolves, right? So what the Warriors need to do is try to take that game and instill that in the Grizzlies players' minds that like, okay, this is the Warriors team that is serious, right? Like I talked about it in the clip that I played at the top of this episode from the playoff preview that the Grizzlies have not beaten this Golden State Warriors team. 
you know. And don't get me wrong, this Golden State Warriors team, this version of it, they are different from the peak dynasty years, obviously. And there's a lot of question marks still, but they haven't seen Steph, Clay, Draymond, and this version of Jordan Poole on the court together. They haven't experienced that themselves. I don't know. Maybe they do have a solution for it. You know, maybe Memphis has a game plan, has matchups that will work, but they haven't proven it yet. They beat the Warriors a few times this year. You know, that's fair and square, right? You play who's in front of you. And like I mentioned, the play-in round last year, the Warriors were (laughs) not these Warriors. They had Damian Lee and Juan Scano Anderson playing major minutes. Those guys, of course, are at the end of the bench and are not in the rotation. It's different. It's different for sure. They were playing a tired, beat-up Steph at the end of last season, who had just lost two days before in a very, very tough game to the Lakers. So it's different, and that's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm relying on, is that this Warriors team, with their three vets, core championship dudes, that they can take it to another level that Memphis has not experienced. There's a lot of psychology, obviously, in the playoffs. And, you know, sometimes that youthfulness can be a good thing. Sometimes it can be a bad thing for any team. So for Memphis, like, that youthfulness gives you (laughs) kind of an ignorant confidence, you know? It doesn't matter. If you're down, you can still come back, right, as they've proven. But it can also get you shook really easily, You know what I mean? It definitely could. This is not the same as playing the Timberwolves. The NBA playoffs mean next level basketball. Get in on the first round action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You win no matter what. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet during the first round with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Plus, place the same game parlay each day with three or more legs and get up to $25 in free bets back if one leg doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the first round of the playoffs and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. You know, I think Jonathan Kaminga will be critical. I've talked about this in previous episodes that he would be important in a series against a young athletic team, especially if everybody goes small, right? Like I worry about Andrew Wiggins playing some of the beefier dudes on Memphis, right? Like Brandon Clark, Jaron Jackson Jr., Xavier Tillman. I mean, those guys are young, athletic, and strong, right? He's not playing against like Aaron Gordon or Jeff Green or Jamichael Green at this point. So for me, it's like if he gets pushed around, if he can't hold his own, you're going to have to play Kaminga because he will push back and he is stronger and more aggressive. I mean, let's face facts, right? I think that'll be key. And I'm glad that he got a few minutes at least against Denver just to see what playoff basketball, the playoff atmosphere is like. And I think that'll be huge. I think that'll be critical. So the questions for the Warriors are like, how do they slow John Morant? I mean, Gary Payton II is the first person that comes to mind because he played well in Denver. And can he do it again? Can he be consistent with it? 
I mean, it's going to be a team effort. It's not just going to be him. You know, Gary Payton II is not going to be starting these games, at least yet. There's no need for that. But can he really, really just bother John Morant, get in his head, do whatever it takes to kind of slow him down, especially like in crunch time, right? You watch this team against the Wolves and John Morant, he rises to the occasion. Great. Good for him. So you're going to need somebody to put some clamps on him. And we saw in game five for the Warriors that when Jordan Poole didn't really have it, Gary Payton was in and he was playing defense. He was kind of doing that stuff that Andre Gudala used to do, which is play hard defense and then, you know, hit some timely threes. Can Gary Payton the second hit those timely threes throughout the series? Who knows? Just as he's proven he can get hot, he can go cold. And then also, can Jordan Poole get back to being game one, game two, game three, first round Jordan Poole? You know what I mean? Like, that's going to be critical if this quote-unquote death lineup, this new death lineup is going to work if the Warriors are going to have to force Memphis to guard him, Steph, Clay, or will we get like, you know, kind of mediocre Jordan Poole. But the most important thing is that Jordan Poole has to keep playing hard, creating for others, attacking the basket, even if his shot isn't falling. And then the other thing is like, Clay's been looking great in the playoffs. Can he continue to do that? I mean, Memphis, like I said, feels similar to a young Warriors squad. They have nothing to lose. They're unafraid. And they have in John Morant that unique figure that other teams can't seem to stop. They, you know, that little bit somewhat transcendent. But he's different because if you had a player like Trey Young, maybe just to pick somebody that people compare to Steph, it's like no one can out Steph Steph. But it takes somebody who's like different to throw the Warriors off, you know? And like the narrative, it's like, can the Warriors shut down this up and coming team and put them in their place? Or can the Grizzlies like basically take the throne of the most fearsome team from the Warriors or at least start that chatter? Anyway, that's another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick Epino or at Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and definitely check out our YouTube channel. The link to that will be in the show notes. Be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. If you're so inclined, please do give us a five-star rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And also leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. That would be dope and super helpful. Thanks for listening. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time. And go Dubs.